Welcome to the H&H Hour podcast. I'm Heidi Bolt. This is my sister and co-host, Heather Taves. Heather, let's launch right in. Let's do to it. this chat. Yes. We're, our kiddos are in the house. Mm-hmm. And um, that's always an interesting conversation. It is, but I love it because, I mean, it makes it harder. It's the point of our ministry, though. They're the point of our ministry. It is. It's kind of the point of our chat today, too. Mm-hmm. It is um, ordinary life. Yeah. And that's what this podcast is all about. That's and right. maybe you're just tuning in for the first time or you've just heard a couple of our episodes. And we really started this podcast to remind people that ordinary life and ordinary things should be considered extraordinary. That's right. That you don't have to be superwoman. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have started some huge company Mm -hmm. or written a book or um, be the top of whatever it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. to be extraordinary. That's right. And I think we have to remind ourselves of that, Heidi. That's right. The littlest things in our lives are actually the biggest and the most important things. Yeah. This podcast has really helped me see my own life through a different lens, through a lens that I want to make sure I'm viewing it through. Yeah. For instance, my two-year-old daughter at my bedside in the morning. Good morning, mommy. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I can remember our mom talking about our little sister, Holly, and her extreme joy over seeing Holly show up at her bedtime in the morning, mm-hmm. hearing her little patter down the hallway mm-hmm. and show up at her bedside. Good morning, mommy. And I had that thought this morning, mm-hmm. this very ordinary moment of my child showing up at my bed in the morning. When really my reaction could be like, oh my word, it's time to get up again. Like, yeah. ah, it's not even seven child. Right. But just her, the joy of seeing her face and truly choosing to see that very ordinary moment in a positive light and in a way that, okay, I want to make this count. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make this day count mm-hmm. with my daughter. Yeah. That's so good. It's so easy for me to rush through things mm-hmm. because I need to get on to the next thing. I'm very productive driven, mm-hmm. which is great can also be a detriment. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter loves to have her back scratched at night. And I think I've probably shared this on here before, but I don't like bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not the like, let's sit and read five books and sing a song. And I'm just, I'm not, that's not yeah. how I'm wired. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, I've been with you all day. Yeah. Let's pray. I'm going to put you in bed. I'm going to kiss you. And I'm going to try out lights. Good night. You don't like to be smothered personally. I don't. And so you're not one to want to smother. Smother other people. Yeah. But she wants that. Yeah. She wants like rub my arms, scratch my back, you know. <laughs> and so it's it's literally a forcing mm-hmm. of my will yeah. to sit there and scratch her back and remind myself, this won't last forever. Yeah. Cherish it. Yeah. See it as extraordinary. Yeah. The fact that I have a daughter who desires for her mom to be in her room and do that with her That's right. and that she is healthy enough for me to be able to do that. That's so See good. all of those things. So well, I have to remind myself nightly. <laughs> I love though, Heather, that one, that you're being honest about this because you could um, sugarcoat this and make it seem as if it's something that it's not, mm-hmm. you know, like putting yourself up to like, this is what I do for my daughter. But I love that you're being honest about the fact that, that it's hard for you yeah. to do that. But also what I hear is that you're choosing to love your daughter in the way that speaks love to her. Yeah. It's not the way you receive love. Yeah. If I were to come and offer to scratch your back, you'd be like, oh, heck no. <laughs> like, don't touch me. <laughs> totally. But you know that's part of how she receives love mm-hmm. until you're choosing to love her in that manner. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so healthy for us to be aware of the people around us mm-hmm. to go, 
How do they receive love? And how can I effectively show them that I love them? It might have nothing to do with the way I think I want to be loved. It usually doesn't. Yeah, I might not understand it. Yeah. But that's how I'm going to give it. And I think that's so important that we do that for our spouses, for our kids, and even for our friends. Yes. You know, if you really want to have a friendship that's meaningful and valuable, um, find out how they love, find out how they receive love and uh, find out what motivates them too. A friend and I just the other night had this great conversation about what motivates you Mm. because you know, when I understand what motivates my children or what motivates my husband or what motivates my friend, I am able to be a better encourager of them Yeah. when I understand what motivates them. To be a part of the team Mm -hmm. that gets that that forward movement. Right. Mm -hmm. So I actually love that question. Um, When my friend and I were having this conversation, we sort of discovered that she's motivated by causes Mm. or like justice driven. Mm. So she's very, you know, that's something that gets her heart racing and, you know, she'll jump all in when it's, there's a cause Mm. that is for other people, you Mm. know, like adoption or a missions type focused project. Mm. For me, I, and this is, a little bit humbling to have to say this, but I want to be the best. Hmm. Like if I'm going to do something, so I'm very, I'm very motivated by achievement. Yeah. So if I'm going to do something, I want to do it the best. Yeah. If I'm going to host a podcast, I want to have the best podcast, mm-hmm. you know, but it's interesting because the things that God has called me to, he has never allowed me to be at the top hmm. of anything yeah. except for the things that are the things I don't feel like the world gives credit for. Yeah. Like, being a mom, homeschooling my kids, being a wife, yeah. being a leader yeah. in a small church. Yeah. You know, all of those things that are trench work, mm-hmm. that are day in and day out, that are not intense. Like I'm an, an intense person and yeah. I'm an eight on the Enneagram and we're driven by intensity. And mm-hmm. so those things are not intense. They're mundane yeah. and they take a lot Very of ordinary. Yes. So recognizing what motivates me has been really helpful in helping guide decisions that I make or understanding why I might feel a certain way about something that's not going the way that I thought it was going to go. Hmm. So what would you say motivates you? That's a great question. I'm gonna have to think on it. Okay. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, no, I would say not that I don't know. I would say I don't know what would be if I have to have a standout, what motivates me. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely things that, um, you know, I'm motivated by being the best wife for my husband, being the best mom for my kids. Not in a like comparison level of like needing to look at you and see how you're doing it and compare against just for my own circle. So think about like, I know this is kind of maybe not a great question because we didn't go to a traditional school growing up, but when you were in school, Mm -hmm. what would have motivated you to get good grades would have been because you want to be the top of your class, which is what mine would have been, Mm -hmm. or you wanted to please your authorities or you definitely not that for you. <laughs> um, I don't get enough credit for my desire to be under spiritual authority. I do think that for, yeah, I would say wanting to be excellent at what I do, mm-hmm. wanting not just excellence, but wanting to be knowledgeable in the space I'm in. Yeah. So wanting to understand what's expected of me mm-hmm. and do it to the best of the job's ability. Mm-hmm. So for instance, when I was, you know, in like high school, college, young adult ages, I hated starting new jobs, hated it with a passion Mm -hmm. because starting a brand new job means you're not good at your job. Right. For the most part. Right. Because no matter how first you are in that arena, 
you still have to learn the way your boss wants it done in mm-hmm. that arena. Yeah. And so I hated it. And Kip would actually have to encourage me in that of like, hey, I know you're super nervous about this. Um, like to the point where I could make myself physically ill over yeah. like, oh, I have to start this new job. Yeah. Um, so I would say mot- I am definitely motivated by being knowledgeable in the arena I'm already in mm-hmm. and being good at what I'm doing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. if I don't think I'm going to be good at it, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So. I, I think it's an interesting conversation to is. have with yourself. Maybe it's something about the age that I'm at, but just the self-reflection has been on overdrive lately. Hmm. Trying to, I think in your 20s and maybe part of your 30s, you're like, I kind of have myself figured out. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a stage where you're like, wow, I'm actually not sure I do totally understand myself. Mm. And so just processing and self-reflecting a lot on how I function and mm-hmm. and how I'm wired and in not to be um, not in an unhealthy way. I think it's healthy yeah. to sort of eliminate anything in your life that isn't helping you yeah. become what Jesus has for you to be. Yeah. I also think that in our culture, there's a lot of conversation around like, what what number are you on the Enneagram? Yeah. How are you, you know, like, what are, how are you, just a lot of conversation about um, people being different and, and being who they are. And mm-hmm. there is a lot of conversation surrounding that, which could be in part why you are thinking through those mm-hmm. things, you know, because I think even on, for instance, take Instagram. You scroll Instagram even for a few minutes, you are bound to find something about I'm a seven or I'm an mm-hmm. eight or I'm a two or my husband's a one and this is why I don't understand him. You're bound to find it. Yeah. And I was kind of chuckling about that the last few days because it's like a, a constant conversation piece mm-hmm. um, in our society right now, which I think is good and interesting mm-hmm. because I really love knowing more about people mm-hmm. and I find it very intriguing how people can have the exact same DNA makeup and act so very, 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 very different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even my own three children. Yeah. They came from the same parents and they are so different and unique from each other. Yeah. Yeah. It could be part of that. I remember though, a couple of years ago, really going through this whole, like, why do I respond this way mm-hmm. to certain things? Yeah. And so just, I think it's good. I think it's good to think about, to stop long enough to think about how you tick. Yeah. What makes you tick? Yeah. What motivates you? And it's good to have friends that ask questions like that, you know, that yeah. go beyond the surface. I personally like friends that go beyond the surface. I don't, I don't love small talk. In you fact, don't? I don't care for it at all. Um, <laughs> and interestingly enough, in my, in my positions of life, I end up having to do it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I do love conversations that go beyond small talk. Yeah. I try, I'm trying to be better about this because I'm a kind of person that doesn't love to run on, into people out in public. I probably shouldn't <laughs> say this on a podcast because now anyone who runs into me in public is going to be like, don't go talk to her. She doesn't want to see me. Friends, if you see Heather in public, please stop her and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's, it's so, that's not a good feeling to have. It's not a good perspective to have because so many times I have great conversations when I run into someone yeah. in the grocery store. Yeah. But I think it's it's along those lines of just like, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? And it feels so disingenuous to me. Well, it's also because you're project- you are productive driven. That's true. I'm so on you're a mission. Like, I have here. my to-do list. <laughs> I'm here to get groceries. Yes. Don't stop me. Yes. Don't detour the point of... So I'm working on it. I've actually had 
really incredible God conversations in the grocery store. That's cool. So I have to remember that. Mm-hmm. I had someone come up to me in public. Actually, I laughed out loud at this. If you're listening, listeners, this cracked me up. I laughed about this for a few days. Wait a minute. You just said, if you're listening, listeners. The listener that I'm going to speak about. <laughs> if they're listeners. I had a long day, Heather. <laughs> okay, listener that I'm going to speak about. I don't know your name, but I heard your voice make this statement. If you're listening, you can laugh with me. I was at a public event recently. I was in the women's restroom. There was a long line of women waiting to go to the restroom, which is not uncommon at an event. Right. There's always a line in the yes. women's restroom. And as I'm walking out, there like people had to move in order for me to get out of the restroom. Right. So, and I made a couple comments to a couple people in line that I knew, grabbed my towels to dry my hands as I'm walking out. And so I said a few statements. Mm-hmm. And as I heard the door closing behind me, I heard one woman say, do you know who that was? She was one of the hosts of the H and H hour. Uh-uh. I un- yes, she said I recognize her voice, and I cracked up because I just thought, okay, I'm so glad that I didn't just blow my witness in there. You know, like you just never know who's watching you. Yeah, but you, you never know who. Right, you weren't complaining or yeah, or just being a grump. Yeah, you just never know in those public moments yeah, that's where, true. you know, there were lots of people in that line. I had no clue who they were and. To all I know, they had no clue who I was Mm -hmm. because it was just a public event. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, man, what an incredible reminder. People are watching us. Yeah. Even if they don't know us, like even if she hadn't have known me, even if she hadn't recognized my voice, people People are are watching watching us. Yeah. And you don't have to have a podcast for that to apply to you. Absolutely. Like all of us. We all have people watching us as Christ followers. Yes. It's our witness. It's like a badge that we wear. I was on an airplane the other day talking with a friend who was sitting next to me. We were talking about Peoria, our Mm -hmm. city. And a lady, two, like across the road, two seats up, turns around. And we were not in Peoria. Okay. Okay. It's not like we were taking off from Peoria and everyone was in there. We were in another city on an airplane. Wow. Okay. Not going to Peoria. Okay. Interesting. And she turns around. She goes, you're from Peoria? I used to live there. Funny. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I wasn't speaking negatively, negatively yeah. about my city or anyone in my city. That's right. And I, I mean, she was a total stranger and yeah. she just overheard. So yeah. that's yeah. so funny. Interesting. Our words have so much power and our actions have so much power. They really do. Okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I read when I was reading through my devotions this past week. Um, I've been reading in, well, I'm do, re, doing reading through the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. I think you are too. Yep. But we're doing different plans. Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading chronologically. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I just have to give a shout out to the book of Leviticus and the book of Numbers. <laughs> if you've ever read either of those books, you're probably putting your hands on your face and going, what in the world is she talking about? Yeah. Because those books are typically known as dry mm-hmm. Um, a lot of information about the tabernacle mm-hmm. that doesn't apply to us now. Um, a lot of information about genealogy. Yeah. Um, but I have been absolutely flabbergasted, mm-hmm. is the correct word to use here, at how much insight and revelation God has given me through the book of Leviticus and the book of Numbers. Mm-hmm. Like my pages are full of notes. Mm-hmm. And I say that to tell you, God will speak to you so intimately if you just open up his word and dig into it and you ask him. And I ask him every single day when I open my Bible, Lord, what do you want to show me today? Even in Leviticus. 
even in <laughs> Leviticus. Yes. It has been so personal and so intimate. Mm. So I wanted to share this because this is what actually jumped out at me today. Mm. The Israelites have been set free from bondage in Egypt. They had been slaves there for hundreds of years. And they're finally free. And they're wandering in the wilderness. Moses is leading them. They're, they're going to the promised land, but they're taking the long route, 40 years. And they have had problem after problem after problem that God has shown up for. Mm. Whether it be lack of food, lack of water, um, their enemies being defeated, the Red Sea being parted. Like God has just proven himself to them time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. They should have literally nothing to complain about. But yet here they are finding themselves complaining and whining and grumbling about everything you could imagine. You know, the manna that you gave us, we're tired of it. You know, we don't like, we don't like living in the desert. (laughs) We don't like quail. It doesn't taste good, you know, and like just everything you, you could imagine. And so Moses has gotten to the point where he's he's basically like, Lord, I cannot take it anymore. I'm so frustrated. Why have you put me in this position? I'd rather you kill me mm-hmm. than make me continue on in this misery because the people were complaining so yeah. much. And then God does this amazing thing where he says, okay, bring me 70 leaders and I'm going to put my, the spirit that I put on you, I'm going to put it on them to help you carry the burden of these people. That was just an incredible story of how God supplies for our every need. Yes. But the people are still whining and still complaining. Mm -hmm. So they get to this point where the Israelites say this. The whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Oh, my husband must not have been in that community. (laughs) I mean, Heidi. (laughs) He'd be like, y'all, stop it. This was like half a million people. Yeah. Can you imagine? The, yeah. Can you imagine the noise? No. Like, and no wonder Moses was frustrated. Yes. When I have one person that whines to me, I'm like, stop whining like a two-year-old right now. Yeah. So um, they wrote, their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron, mm-hmm. their leaders. And they said, if only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Which is ridiculous because they weren't dying in battle. God had proven that he was fighting for them, that he was going ahead of them. (laughs) But, okay, pause right there. Don't you find that we do that often where we take the circumstance and we just make it extreme? Oh, we totally do. We make up things that aren't even real. Well, it's like, okay, this is not that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. Right. They say, our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. (laughs) Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Hmm. Now let's stop and think about that for a moment. Egypt was where they were in bondage. Yeah. Slaves. Slaves. Yeah. Slavery. Yeah. They were saying it's better for us to go back and be slaves. Yeah. Instead of walking through something that was difficult. Mm -hmm. Being in the wilderness was not easy, I'm sure. They had to move camps. Whenever the spirit of God moved, they had to move. But then this is the part. It says, then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Wow. So they were saying, we'd rather go back to slavery, to bondage, than to stay in this hard place and eventually get to the land that God has promised us. That is our inheritance. Wow. And I thought, how often do we do that? Mm -hmm. Where God has set us free from something. But the journey to get to that promised land that he has for us isn't super easy. There's going to be 
some moving that has to happen. There's going to be some sacrifices that need to be made. There's going to be a, have to be a realigning of how we've always done things. Because one of the things that God did when he took them out into the wilderness is he gave them a whole new set of commandments. Mm-hmm. Commandments that weren't established when they were back in Egypt. He gave them the Ten Commandments. Right. And he gave them all these rules for sacrifice mm-hmm. that they had to follow. So it wasn't easy. Yeah. It was, it was no longer their routine. It wasn't. Yeah. It was difficult. Yeah. But they could not see past Mm. the journey to the promised land that God had for them. And they said, it'd be better for us to go back into slavery. And I wonder how often do we just want to go back to the place where we know what's going to happen or we... In our minds, it's what's comfortable. Yeah, what we've known. And we miss out on what God has for us mm-hmm. down the road because we're not willing to walk the hard journey. Well, and the other thing that sticks out to me in that particular story is the fact that, well, one, they were worrying about something that hadn't even happened. You know, our wives and children will be carried off as plunder. Right. Okay, well, that's extreme mm-hmm. because that is not even on the table. That's not even a card on the table yet. Not in this and, not in this portion of years. No. Down no. the road it did well, happen, yeah. but not right now in right. this portion. It wasn't a, an, a direct threat right, right now. And two, the, the self-centeredness. Okay, so as a parent, I'm going, I would do everything in my power to keep my children out of slavery. If someone said to me, if you don't stay this hard course, yeah. your kids are going to be in slavery the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. I would do everything necessary mm-hmm. to keep my kids. I wouldn't worry about what my hardship was. I would do everything in my power. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were willing to go back, mm-hmm. knowing that their kids would spend a lifetime of slavery, mm-hmm. talk about selfishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-centeredness. Right. And I think it this can apply to so many things in our lives. I think it can apply to our marriages. Yeah. Like we're willing to go back to a mediocre marriage than to walk the hard path of healing in our marriage to get to a place that God has for us that's redeeming our marriage. That's right. Our marriage being redeemed and whole. Yeah. But it's too hard to walk through that refining yeah. part where we have to lay down our pride and deal with some crap. Yeah. And um, really, like, look inward at ourselves, and like, God, how, what am I supposed to be learning through this? And I think so often, as we talk about that specific thing of marriage, Heather, I think so often the the issue in marriage, and I would say in couples in our age category mm-hmm. and in the similar season of life, is a lack of willingness to just be the adult. Yeah, like it's kind of a joke. Yeah. Hashtag adulting. Yeah. But so often when I hear people complaining about their life, I want the black and white in me wants to look at them and just go, hey, hashtag adulting. (laughs) Like put on your big girl boots and just deal. Yeah. You know, and I kind of wonder, I was reading in the Old Testament and there, God makes a statement. I'd have to look back in my journal to know when it was, but God makes a statement to himself. How much longer do I have to deal with this complaining? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. how convicting because I wonder if he's ever thought that about me mm-hmm. I wonder if the thought has ever crossed God's mind how much longer do I have to deal with Heidi complaining about this yeah how much longer do I have to put up with her yeah. and he said that how long do I have to deal with this and how long do I have to put up with them yeah and I just think we need to ask ourselves that mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. if we find ourselves in that spirit of complaining like the Israelites were in like Let's not go God's way. Let's not trust God's leader. Let's choose our own leader and go our own way. Mm-hmm. We've got to ask ourselves, am I just being a complainer right now? Yeah. 
am I not willing to stay the hard course? Right. Do the hard thing. Yep. And trust God through the hard season. Yeah. And it might not be your marriage. It might be a health issue. It can be anything. It might be a parenting struggle. A financial issue. A job. It might be a friendship. A friendship. It might be the fact that you feel like you haven't figured out who you are, you know, what you're supposed to do with your life. It it could be anything. Um, The point is that we all have those moments. We all have those journeys that feel difficult. And do we, do we stay the course towards the promised land, towards the land that God has promised us, that he has for us, Mm -hmm. that is abundance and um, everything that we need Mm -hmm. and where he's going to plant us in our inheritance yeah. or do we go back to Egypt to the slavery to bondage and i just wrote this in my journal don't give up on the journey going back to bondage is never better easier maybe but never better mm-hmm. that's good and the other thing i think of in this story is so at that time of history god was using moses to speak to the people he was speaking through moses to the people yeah the people should have been camping real close to moses mm-hmm. To hear, God, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, instead, they're making these own little camps of people that are also negative, mm-hmm. hanging out with the negative Nellies and mm-hmm. Nancys, mm-hmm. and <laughs> coming up with their own plan mm-hmm. away from the voice of God. Yeah. And I think, how often do we do that, or do we see people doing that? And, you know, when you're in that rhythm of negativity, Sometimes it's really hard Mm -hmm. to realize you're in that rhythm of negativity. And sometimes it does take the voice of someone else in your life to go, hey, maybe you need a new perspective on this. Yep. Well, that's a good thought, Heidi. Hopefully we're not too intense. Oh, we're real intense. I know. We're so (laughs) intense. It's okay. There's lots of podcasts. If they don't want intense, they can find a different one. That's true. Yeah. You know, it's going to be us. That's true. I just think that life is too short to just. To focus on the things that don't actually change you as a person. Yeah. You know, that don't fill you up and draw you closer yeah. to what it's, who it is that we're called to be like, and, yeah. and that's Jesus. Yeah. And this is Collins. Everyone, welcome Collins to the show. This is my two year old who woke up from nap. <laughs> Ordinary life, girl. Ordinary life. So good. Yeah, that's good, Heather. And I think also it makes me think of the responsibility of, we're not called to be everything to everyone. Yeah. You know, we're called, Moses wasn't called to be um, bowing to everyone's opinion. Mm-hmm. He was called to obey the voice of God mm-hmm. and to lead the people that were, he was called to lead. Yeah. And so, you know, just reminding yourself, whatever circle you're in, like, what has God called you to yeah. right here, right now? Right. And whether you're a business CEO or whether you're a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's... What's your place in your role in your circle? That's right. That's good. Well, thank you so much for listening. Heidi, we truly love it when we hear from our listeners. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to for one of us to get a message or see it pop up on Instagram, and then we'll message each other and say, hey, read this from this listener. Yeah. We love it. So reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know what's been speaking to you. Yeah. And then if you could do us a huge favor, it would mean so much to us if you would Hop over to iTunes Mm -hmm. and leave five stars and leave a review. And that just helps um, get this podcast out to other people Mm -hmm. who can be encouraged by it as well. And uh, also, we're on Spotify. Yes, and Google Play. And Google Play. So if maybe you know someone who hasn't been listening because they can't get on iTunes, Mm -hmm. 
then you can just shoot them a text and say, hey, listen to this awesome podcast on Spotify. So good. So easy. So easy. We'll chat to you next time. Bye.